Okay, so this week on the Moo Lily podcast, we have an extremely special guest. Her name is Shirley Brownhill. She served in international missions for over 40 years, living in community well, and she is going to be talking about doing relationships well. It's going to be awesome. So good. Welcome to the Moo Lily Podcast. We are women who have given up on trying to live in perfectionism and guilt. Because let's be honest, it just doesn't work. So we're trying something different in choosing to live intentionally and with hope. Please join us as we attempt to open the conversation and search out answers in a safe place. Well, good morning. I'm Christina. I'm Christiana. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Wooten Media. If you're looking to have uh, wedding photos or wedding videos specifically, you want to get in touch with Ross Wooten at Wooten Media. He's the man. Um, and if you want to know more about us, we are on social media, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, Facebook and Instagram. I apologize, my Instagram account is a little bit lame, but... That's okay, it's hard to do. I see pictures of us. Pictures of us. (laughs) Or uh, for more information, you can go to moolily.com. That's right. So because of the caliber of our guest with us today, we're not going to... We're going to skip the chit-chat, jump straight in. So thank you for joining us this morning, Shirley. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. I'm very excited. So I'm just going to introduce you a little bit because you are someone that I have always wanted to be like when I grow up, but not everybody knows you. So um, Shirley uh, has lived her life on an adventure with Jesus, going to the hard places and doing the hard things while staying soft and kind and rich in the presence of God. She has pioneered and established missions, teams, and works all over the world, and is currently the director of Youth with a Mission in Perth, which is where I served uh, for Yay. five years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where I did my discipleship training school. I was 19 when I, when I did my DTS. Aww. It was very defining for me as a, as a person. And that's where I met uh, and married my husband, James. So there's a lot of history for me. Um, I feel like there are so many things that we could invite you to speak into. Uh, But as we're looking at self-care, one of the most fundamental things that we do as women, as mothers, as wives, and all the other roles that we play is relating with people. Um, And relationships is one of those things that can be so life-giving and restoring and healing and refreshing, Mm. or it can be really discouraging and and soul-destroying. So... um, my first question would be, as a follower of Jesus, what do you think um, needs to be our kind of baseline position as we look at, at loving those around us? Well, firstly, I'd just like to say thank you to both of you for uh, including me in this incredible uh, podcast that you do. It's very exciting for me. Uh, yeah. It's great to be in the States at this time. Um, in answer to that question, I... Um, I, th- I think the first thing that came to my mind as I was uh, listening to you um, ask that question was, how did Jesus uh, love? Yeah. Um, and really, you know, if we look at Jesus, he, he teaches us how to love. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, we, if we want to be like him, then, you know, the key is to, to look at him and to see how he loved. And, um, 
you know, I, I, I'm amazed at the constant and consistent way Jesus communicated with everybody around him. And he kept on saying, I'm only doing what I see the Father yep. saying and telling me to do. And, you know, sometimes we can remove ourselves from that and think, well, that was Jesus. But in actual yeah. fact, Jesus was teaching us a way that we can go. Mm-hmm. And as we get to know Jesus more... Uh, we're just like little children that say, I want to be like you. I, yeah. I, I want to do what you're doing. I want to love the way you love. And, um, you know, I think with that, Jesus approached people uh, because they were made in the image of his Father. He approached them with uh, dignity. He approached them with honour. And um, some of the key components of that to me would be to love extravagantly and yeah. and love's not always a feeling. Sometimes it mm-hmm. involves forgiveness, it mm. involves um, a communication, working things through, uh, it involves uh, understanding, mm-hmm. um, it involves trust and, um, you know, very often people withhold trust because they've been wounded or hurt and... Right. Um, but trust is a choice that we make, it's something that we wake up to do every day but it's pretty well impossible to give trust unless you're forgiven. Very uh, good point. Yeah, unless you're fully forgiven, we free mm-hmm. from a bitter spirit and a judgmental spirit. But my very, very favourite, love, respect, trust, understanding, they're all so key, but my yeah. favourite is kindness. Yeah. And um, I know with myself it was the loving kindness of God mm-hmm. uh, that led me to himself, it led me to repentance and... Um, I, I find that when people relate to me in a kind way, it just melts me. Yeah. And sometimes um, when I relate to others in a kind way, even when they're hostile, mm-hmm. uh, it completely shifts their attitude and their disposition yeah. and the way they relate. Um, so that's, you know, it's such a, there's so much you could say on this, but yeah. I think. Just getting to know Jesus more and mm-hmm. and really asking God to come and help you to live in the way that he lived in dignity and favor with both God and man. Yeah. Yeah. What are practical things you do in your life to cultivate kindness? Um, well, Jesus is my hero <laughs> and uh, he is so kind and so one of the practical things that I have done is cried out to God really on my knees, I, yeah. just a recognition that, Lord, I, I'm not like you but I want to be like you. I'm made in your image. Um, you've created me uh, to be like you and, and so just really as I was crying out to God, asking God for kindness, for a deeper love, mm-hmm. uh, greater capacity to encourage and uh, forgive. God would show me things in my own heart that were perhaps blockages to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, because we can justify poor behaviour um, often because someone's given us poor behaviour right. and we respond with poor behaviour. Right. Um, but I remember when my children were growing up, I... I used to often bend down to my children because we traveled the world and they were meeting different people, different cultures, Mm -hmm. different ways of relating all the time. And uh, so they had to learn how to be these global little people, you know. (laughs) And um, I just remember often bending over to them and saying, now I just want you to look um, 
look into the face of this person that's relating to you. Because, you know, children can be all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing that I would say to them is, you know, darling, they're made in the image of God, so they're very important people. So it wasn't dependent upon the person's behaviour. It was dependent upon their potential. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good distinction. Mm. And it's, you know, who, you know... Um, I've just recently done, uh, we've done mission in Calcutta and um, of course Calcutta is famous for Mother Teresa, right? Yeah. And she was an apostle of love to the urban poor and um, a journalist once asked her, what, why, when did you get your call to the poor? And, and, and she responded to the journalist by saying, I, I never had a call to the poor. Jesus led me to the poor. Mm. And so the key, I think, that's such a key uh, comment uh, coming out of deep humility. And she was first and all the time a daughter of God, a, a servant of God who followed Jesus and followed Jesus into every circumstance and every relationship. And if we carry that around consciously, we'll be thinking about how would you, how do you want me to do this, Jesus? How how can I best represent your nature and character in this situation and sometimes it's moving in the opposite spirit sometimes it's responding to the excessive love we're receiving because you know people don't behave the way we would want them to behave right. and so you know we've just got to we've got to find the ways of Jesus because he loved excessively despite how he was treated and that brings greater humility in our life greater yeah. brokenness but I, for me, in answer to your mm -hmm. question, Christiana, God had to change my heart mm. uh, because my heart wasn't like Jesus and it's still growing to be like Jesus. But it was my heart issues because, you know, I remember my husband, uh, once I said to my husband one day, uh, you're the most amazing person, you're the most amazing husband, I just love you so much. And I was affirming him. And it was, you know, this big dramatic affirmation. The next day, <laughs> he, he did something that I really wasn't my preference. You know? <laughs> and so then I, I start sort of commenting into that uh -huh, yeah. quickly right. uh, with probably a wrong heart attitude. Yeah. It was, and I don't remember how I was except I remember his words just convicting me. They were very kind words. Mm. But all he said was, darling, what about yesterday when I was the most amazing person? <laughs> and it kind of corrected my spirit yeah. because I realised that I was relating to my husband according to circumstances as opposed to the love of God for my husband, how much God loved my husband, mm -hmm. how much God cared for my husband, how would God relate to Peter? And... Uh, and I need to be a representative of God's love uh, to my husband. Yeah. I think that's so profound to separate it from like a principle or a, even like you said that a Mother Teresa never received a call. There wasn't like an instruction or something, but it was out of relationship. She knew Jesus. And that's how you're describing your journey is that you love Jesus and mm. you pursued who he was mm. and that showed you how to that's behave, right. how that's to respond, right. That's right. which is such a powerful distinction. You know, Absolutely. you can't read a book on this. You need to yeah. know Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, which is what we're all trying and, to and do. And know his ways and, you know, 
apply what he tells us to do. You know, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So it's that imitation. Right. Mm. I always thought it's such an interesting thing where we're asking, okay, well, what would Jesus do in this situation? But the goal is that you don't even have to ask that question, mm. right? Because you're actually becoming, that you're the response of your heart, yeah. that quick flash of commenting on your husband that that's starting to change and shift. Yes. You know, correct. so that you just, you're acting the way that Jesus acts because you know him yeah. and because mm-hmm. you're be- actually becoming like him. Yeah. I always find that's the hard, that's the hard part where instead of having to stop and think in my head, wait, what should I do here? That yeah. it's a response of my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, from my perspective, because I come from a very unchurched background and God's, you know, it's not God's not in the Reformation business. He's in the born again business. Mm-hmm. And so becoming, mm-hmm. and so how do we become like him? And, um, uh, you know, the thing that I had to learn very early on, because we tend to strive for perfection, Mm-hmm. And actually, it's not perfection of who we are. It's becoming more like Him. Right. And so, um, yeah. because otherwise, you you don't approach God. You don't receive comfort from God. You you can't acknowledge that you've done something wrong or that misrepresented God's character. Because I don't approach God unless I'm perfect. But in actual fact, we approach God because He's our Father and He's our Savior, mm-hmm. and He's fathering us and He's changing us mm-hmm. into His image. You know where Jesus said, "Unless you become as little children," right. and um, and so little children are so spontaneous in the presence of their parents. And mm-hmm. um, I, I just think you know I can't promise any relationship I have perfection but I can promise them humility. And if I walk in humility, uh, then they are gracious enough to forgive me and recognize that I'm on a journey of getting to know God better and and, uh, therefore representing him in a way. But God doesn't reject me through that process because he's a father. Mm. Wow. We can just sit and chew on that for a few minutes. <laughs> I just want to pause there yeah. and talk to the Holy Spirit about it. Yeah. Wow. So you mentioned earlier um, approaching people and relating to them uh, with kindness and how there, there are times that there needs to be forgiveness and there needs to be things worked through. Can you unpack that a little bit? Like how how we can manage our own hearts when we are offended or when we're struggling with rejection and that's affecting our behavior and our, and our ability to forgive and respond. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think one of our greatest challenges is that we, we, just, we just don't obey Jesus in his hmm. two commands related to mm-hmm. conflict, uh, which is in both cases go whether I'm the one that's offended or whether I've been offended by someone else, in both situations, God places a responsibility on me to go. Right. And, and what, I've, what I've discovered is when I don't go, then uh, my heart gets heavier and heavier. Uh, I don't sleep well of a night. Mm-hmm. I, I have conversations within my mind. And, um, you know, we can... We can be in danger of getting a revengeful heart, a bitter heart, a heart right. that wants to get back at that person or a heart that freezes a person out because mm-hmm. in some way, it, we rather than going immediately, we allow something to build right. and, 
and develops an attitude in our heart and we can also talk about that person right. uh, to other people and um, and you know we can talk about our husbands or our wives or even criticize our children when in actual fact it, it's because we're allowing things to build up in our heart and it's important that we do talk but it's important that we talk to the right person that's anointed to hear the person that's involved in that situation right. And if we need help after we've done everything that we've been asked to do because there's an impasse, then we invite an impartial person to help us uh, mm -hmm. reconcile in that situation. Um, I find that my heart doesn't do well if I let the sun go down mm. on my anger, which we know God talks about, right? right. Yeah, and, but yet to do that, like I teach on unity, I teach on relationships, I do uh, you know week-long teachings on this and... I ask this question often, you know, we, we look through the scriptures, how many of you agree that this is what Jesus said, yeah, okay, so how many of us do it? And very often on the go, scriptures related to go, and if you've got something against your brother, go to your brother, or if, you've, if your brother sinned against you, go to your brother, I would say 99.9% .9 nobody puts their hand up. We know that it's the truth, we know that it's the command of Jesus, but we don't do it. Mm. And we always use culture as an excuse or, mm. or many other things. We don't relate that way. That's a little bit too. And, um, but what it does is it inevitably does damage to our heart. And it, 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 we lose valuable relationships. We lose, we lose out on relationships that we truly love. We freeze people out and they don't know why uh, we're no longer uh, close and... Um, I just think the world would be a better place if we lived according to the protections that God has in, given us a way to work through relationships with, whether it's husband and wife, whether it's uh, parents toward their children, because parents make mistakes. They misrepresent God's character to their children. Right. So oh. <laughs> are, are, we humbling, are we humbling ourselves with our children? Are we asking yeah. their forgiveness so that they know the difference between, okay, that was mummy needing to get her life that's right, right, but that's not what God's like. That's right. Right. And um, so, you know, um, I just think humility again, but going and not allowing anything any offence to get uh, a root in your heart, not allowing it to affect your heart. And the Bible says, as far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. So I understand that sometimes when we go, people are unwilling. Yeah, yeah. But, but we need to take that risk. Mm -hmm. Because it protects our heart, it protects our relationship with God, and God's a God of reconciliation so mm -hmm. the more we do that, the more we're like Jesus. But there is a way to go and there's a way not to go. Yeah. I like it that you said, you know, we need to talk, that that's not kind of, that's, that's appropriate response, mm -hmm. but it just needs to be the right person. Yes. Because sometimes if I sort of feel like if I don't know how to resolve this or maybe it's just me, but I don't want to gossip about it, so yeah. I just need to sort of suck it up. I need to forgive them and move on, even if I'm struggling to do that. Yes. Um, but that's very freeing to know or to, to how do I say what I'm thinking? To, to sort of take action and to respond to that situation and be like, it's okay that I don't feel okay about this mm. and I need to talk about it, mm. but to talk about it in the right context. And mm. the idea of 
um, just playing into that whole thing where I feel like I need to just deal with it within myself, yeah. not letting the sun go down on your anger. It's not just you need to not be angry, mm. but you need to go. You need to resolve yeah. the situation. Exactly. Exactly. It's very... That's a good challenge. And it's it's very simple. Mm. I feel like often the things that the Lord is calling us to do, they might be difficult, but they're not no, they're complicated. No, they're not. They're the most loving instructions. That right. They're incredible. And the thing is, sometimes we, when we let things build, we and we do go, we go very aggressively. Mm. And um, so we've got to be careful that we value the person and address the issue. And they're two different things. Right. And... Um, I don't always do that well, but then I have to humble myself yeah. when I don't do it well because I know that's not the way Jesus would have done it. He does. He, Jesus addressed issues all the time. Mm-hmm. He brought adjustment and correction, and he always brought it back to the Father, um, but but valued the person and had deep compassion and kindness for the person. And a person needs to know that they can trust you and yeah. that you value the relationship, and that this is not. Um, the end of a contract because we don't we don't have contract contractual relationships That's we have right. covenantal relationships right. and so we've got to put every effort into maintaining the covenant because it's it's a gift of god yeah hmm. and you know i've had people say well i don't love that person anymore but if you love them once you can love them again Mm-hmm. It, normally, it's what what the real issue is is uh, unforgiveness. Yeah. Uh, things have built up over That's time. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, our our hearts have grown cold. But if they're on fire in the past, they can get on fire again if we just humble ourselves and begin that reconciliation process with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> community. <laughs> We're talking about community, and you have lived very intensely in community, I would oh, yeah. say, even more than most people do, mm-hmm. for the majority of your life, and you fought to do it well. So tell us from this experience, what's the value of being connected and being part of a community? Oh, that's a great question, a really great question. I, um, I think, you know, perhaps in days gone by, community... Uh, was often um, developed for community's sake without a sense of purpose and destiny. Mm-hmm. And um, I think sometimes they didn't end well. I mean, there are some really good examples of that and there's some not-so-good examples mm. of that. And so I think community uh, is needs to be um, embraced by purpose. It has to be – it has to have purpose, which is uh, what can we do better together – uh, for the purposes of God. But within that, within that purpose and that destiny that we all agree on and that we all believe in and that we're all wanting to contribute to in some way, um, then we've, we've got to live out our relationships yeah. uh, because if we don't live them out well, we have no authority with the purpose, right? Right. And, um, yeah, I live with about 500 other people, eat with oh about goodness. 500 pe- other people um, and growing. And um, so it's not just a small community. It's a large community. Yeah. We love one another deeply. Um, there's 90 to 100 kids racing around all the time. But you're also just not one of those people. You also have a role. Yes, and I, I do. think that adds an extra couple levels I of do, yeah. stuff to that. To yeah, go I ahead, actually continue. provide leadership for all of those <laughs> yes. people. Uh, we wake up each morning and think, 
why do they want to stay here? This is amazing. But then, okay, Lord, we need you in this. Um, you know, I've often had people when they've first come to to the community and then they'll have some sort of a response and it's not necessarily a good response. It's like blah response, right? Mm-hmm. That something's come under pressure and mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a blah. And the, the comment that often comes out of their mouth is, I don't know where that came from. That's the comment. I don't know where that came That's from. That's interesting. Because that never happened to me before. Oh. So here's yep. the deal. More relationships, more engagement, more people that you can't really escape from, they're there. Yeah. Uh, shapes you and rapidly accelerates growth and a knowledge of God. When that when I when I'm in the hearing distance of someone saying that, I you know, I'll come alongside them and I'll say, Well, I understand what you're saying because, you know, you probably lived in a more, you know, you had your own room, you Mm -hmm. had your own circumstances, you controlled your own environment and here we are a much larger extended family and, um, to you know, and and, and therefore there are different types of circumstances that you are not used to yet. And But I said, that's not the reason you did what you did. You did what you did because it was in your heart Mm. It's just that this circumstance brought it out. That's right. And so if you can be honest about what was in your heart, God uses community to disciple. Mm -hmm. Uh, God uses community to um, together to be more representational of his image so that people look and see us and they say, there goes a follower of Jesus. I can see Jesus in that group of people. Uh, I've done a lot of evangelism on the streets in more nations than I can remember Mm -hmm. and... um, there is often one comment that people make um, when you talk to them about God. Uh, the, they don't normally have a problem with God, but they don't like Christians. Yeah. And mm-hmm. often when I ask them the reason why, uh, they say because they don't live what they preach. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we can be very self-protective mm-hmm. rather than using the preciousness of our relationships to sharpen us and grow us and become more like Jesus. Mm. Because I run out of love, but he never does. Right. I, 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 I would have a tendency to go and hide in a cave and say, I don't want to deal with another conflict ever again. Yeah. But he doesn't do that, and he did not do that with a hostile world. Yeah. He just kept on coming. And, but in the context of community, as we find unity, which is a powerful thing, mm-hmm. as we find unity then we can do far more through the power of unity than we could do in isolation. I was in a Muslim nation once and we had a, a, a team there of about 20 people and I was just visiting them and the imam of that community came up to me and he said, Shirley, how do you get this to happen? And I said to him, get, get what to happen? And he said, how do you get them to love one another like that? Wow, and um, and of course that was a great opportunity to talk about the Lord and His love and how we seek to follow His ways in love and kindness in forgiveness and as we come closer and closer to Him, it begins. What He's seeing is just evidence of the love of Jesus who. That, that is showing up in people's lives as they're responding to his love. I said, you know, all of these individuals, including myself, have been healed 
and transformed by the love of God. And, um, and so then we become like family. And he said, this is very, very good. This would be good for my people. Mm. Wow. And so the love of God is very powerful. And when you see it in a group, because especially with youth with the mission teams, probably in that team there would have been eight or ten different nationalities in a group of 20 people. And so it's almost like United yeah. Nations, you know, yeah. going from yeah. place to place. And that in itself is a miracle, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But then you've got all ages and you've got all different types of backgrounds and family circumstances. We can't, it, we can't operate a community on a democracy. You have to live under God and his ways and then that it works. Yeah. <laughs> Our relationships work. And really... God's ways are, as Christine said, very simple, mm-hmm. but actually it's the simplicity of what God has asked us to do that sometimes we can miss. And we make it a bit more complex mm. uh, than it actually is. Because of, we think, well, you don't understand my situation. Right. But, but God does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, God does. And he's... He would. I remember when I was a young Christian and I read uh, a particular scripture uh, that said reproof and instruction are a way of life. It was in the Proverbs. I can't remember which proverb it was right now, but I remember the scripture very clearly. And I said to God as a young believer, that's impossible. <laughs> and, 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 and because I said, God, I yeah. wouldn't cope, you know, right. dealing with rejection very, issues, yeah. dealing with correction issues all the time. And just where I was at, you know, I love Jesus, but I was a, I, I, God needed to, you know, changed my life mm-hmm. yeah the power of yeah. God needed to come and and so um but I heard the clear voice of God say back to me surely I'd never ask you to do anything and then set you up to fail that's right mm. whatever I ask you to do there'll always be grace and empowerment to do it so it's not just about I'm going to rise to this yeah. it's about I am obedient to my father because I love him and then grace comes Incredible grace, it's beyond my capacity because I run out quickly, but he never does. But it's the trust in him and the belief that what God wants in God's ways, God's kingdom, God's way in relationship is the right way. You read lots of books, but there is one way that really, really works Mm -hmm. and it's the ways of God. Jesus is the way and, you know, without trying to sound, you know, okay, that's impossible – just remember that comment that God said to me, I'd never ask you to do something and then set you up to fail. And that was powerful to me because what it did is when I read the word, I read it understanding that it was possible now because Jesus was asking. And if Jesus was asking, even though he's dealing with me, <laughs> his yeah. problem child, um, uh, if I trusted him and believed him to bring the change and the transformation, he would. My alternative was to live with a mess. Yeah to live with sad situations or circumstances mm-hmm. that were troubling me, to live with broken down relationships. But that wasn't God's way. Mm. And so I had to learn and grow in that. And um, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still dealing with issues of rejection, you know, where you kind of come into a crowd and you, you wonder how it's going to go and how you're going to be received. And I've just got to fix our eyes on Jesus. Yeah. Eh? And he does miracles beyond how people treat us. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jill, for your wisdom and your insight. I think some of the 
in in my mind, some of the things that I need to go and process with the Lord yeah. is just, um, first of all, kindness and how it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us yes. to growth and change and to repentance, to that yes. real, I'm going to yeah. change the direction of that I'm thinking yes. and the choices that I'm making. That's right. And, and with that, the, the point that you just made, which was just so beautiful, that he never calls us to do something uh, and sets us up to fail. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know, I have this thing where I'm like, I need to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to get it done. Yeah. And that's not the way he's calling no. us to live, that his grace is Calling there. us into relationship with him. Right. Mm. And so as we... Um, as we study the word and as we do life and, and process these challenges mm. with other people and within our own heart, that it's mm. in the context of relationship yeah, absolutely. with him, that he, like as, as you read that scripture about, you know, rebuke and, mm. and challenge and all of those things that you were in conversation with the Lord as That's you right. read that, because that could have been very discouraging, yeah. mm. but instead it was a, a source of great hope and, yeah. and life. Could have been very discouraging to God too, because I said to God, "It's impossible." Right. <laughs> so you, could have, you could have just shut that down in your heart, but instead, it's become yeah a, a great source of authority in your life that mm. you've been able to give to so many people. Oh, it's you. really beautiful. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Thank what you. strikes me or resonates so much in me throughout everything you've shared is how much my heart is my own responsibility and not in a burdensome way, not in the how we want to go, okay, well, I've got to pull myself up by my bootstraps, Mm. you know, but in light of the Lord says it's possible and he'll Mm. give me the grace, but how I respond to other people is my responsibility Mm. Mm -hmm. that I steward my heart well. And if I'm offended or if I'm living in community and it stretches me, I think so much we want to put blame on other people. Mm. We want to say, well, it's this circumstance yeah, or it's that or it's, or you know, or, or yeah. exactly any of mm. those things that know really and truly how I walk this out and what happens in my life in terms of my growing mm. um, or my being able to experience the father. This it, it's, it's my responsibility. Yeah. It's my relationship with him and it's how I steward my heart and my life so much. So, yeah, and I think particularly as young mums and people that have got lots of children around, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've walked through all that in missions and uh, uh, my children knew a lot about um, living out of suitcases and aeroplanes um, yeah. um, and just sleeping on, you know, uh, you know, a little mat right next to mummy and the will of God all over the world. And, but I, I think that there were times when I thought, Wow, Lord, you know, you kind of can separate. You think, oh, this is too much. I can't do this with children. And, um, I, you know, I used to love my times, long hours with God. I used to mm-hmm. really, and, and, you know, the hours weren't as long or this wasn't as long. And I remember, uh, you know, God, God's done many things in my life and he's used my children to be my greatest disciples. So don't separate your children into a sacred, secular you know, I, I do this job, I raise my kids with all the intention of doing it well, but it's almost like it's separate from God. Mm. Uh, we need God to teach us how to raise our children. We yeah. need to learn God's ways. He's the best father. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the best parent. And so not to separate it and to be listening to the father all the time and also to be humble in the way we relate to our children. My children by far have been my greatest disciples. Because it's clear to me when I'm not representing God's nature and character right. to them. 
And I remember once uh, picking up my children from school and my little boy looked up at me and he said, Mummy, have you had a hard day? <laughs> and I immediately had conviction because I knew, he said it in a very sweet manner, but I knew what he was saying to me is, Mummy, right now you're misrepresenting the nature and character of God to me <laughs> and I don't know what's wrong. Yeah. And so I, conviction... Uh, got it right, um, soon as we got inside, sat down on the stairs, uh, asked my children's forgiveness, asked them to pray for me. And they used to love, love praying. And they'd, they'd lay their hands on, their little hands on my head and they'd say, Dear God, <laughs> Mummy's been very naughty, <laughs> but we forgive her. <laughs> Will you forgive her? Wow. And, um, and um, I remember putting them to bed that night and just uh, turning out the light and saying, you know, you have to forgive mummy. I'm, I'm, I'm still learning how to be a parent the way God wants me to be a parent. And I said, so this is mummy's first time. And out of the darkness, I heard a voice coming. Oh, it's okay, mum. It's our first time to be kids. <laughs> and just that they're made in the image of God. So natural forgiveness, natural Kindness. Children get wounded because we fail to recognise when we've misrepresented God's character to mm. them, and so they they start to separate. They see religion as opposed to Jesus and a way of life and humility, yeah. and and so it's important not to separate that. I just felt to say that I, I yeah. we're probably coming to a close, but I think that's super yeah. super important because. Our greatest consistency is our humility. Mm. And um, I, I think I said that in so many ways, different ways during mm -hmm. this time. But I can't emphasize enough how important that is for children. We have a lot of uh, children that have grown up in Christian families, both church and mission come through. And uh, some, you know, some of them come extremely uh, just just loving Jesus with all of their heart, but some come a little bit broken. Yeah. They've come from the yeah. most amazing families, but there's just been something yeah. that's sort of turned their heart a little bit. Yeah. As soon as they get into a position of being able to forgive mum and dad, mm -hmm. everything changes and they go, they come into their inheritance. I guess for me my prayer is that they would have been able to do that a lot earlier mm. than they did because they're already young adults but God restores and God catches up and it's really quite remarkable. But humility is a key to child raising. Mm. Absolute key. Yes, I think we all need to write that down. <laughs> so go and get a pen. <laughs> yes. Our greatest consistency is humility. Because yeah. we yeah. talk a lot about consistency. I mean, as a parent, you need to yeah. be consistent. But as a follower of Jesus, as a parent, we need to be consistent in our humility mm. and you know I so desire for my children to love prayer and to love the word of God and to love the presence of God the way yeah. I do yes. and so we I'm not very good at this but I model to them reading the word or I model to them doing you know worship together and that yeah. kind of thing but how much more important is it to model to them the character of the Lord yes yeah, yeah. Um, that's the key. Particularly when I don't represent the character of the Lord yeah. to, sh to show them that, that that's me yeah. and not, not And then him. explain to them what God's like. Right. So that they understand the difference. Because mm -hmm. they get to a point where they can discern that very clearly. But when they're younger, 
Right. You just clearly stated, well, this is what mummy did and this misrepresented God's character. This is what God's like. Mm. And that leads into a whole conversation in its own right, apart from the powerful prayer, dear God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Oh. I think that's all we have time for yeah. today. Thank you so much. And we will see you again in a couple of weeks. Bye, guys. Bye.